Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. Hmm. True. Late nights, early mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good, my wealthy people? Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance crew, checking in with my brother here, Jalen Clark. Jalen, how you living, man? Man, I'm doing great, bro. It's been a great Saturday. I've been just getting some good stuff done, yeah, man. man. It's been fire. Yeah, bro, so I'm really blessed. I'm feeling great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Likewise, man. It's been it's been a dope session. This is a third recording session of Black Wealth Renaissance Season 4, and it's been lit, man. We about, and just like the rest of the episodes, we coming to y'all with some more pressure today, man. We got a lady out of here, a Dallas native. Yeah. She's been doing the damn thing, man. If you be on Twitter, you done seen her dropping these gems, man. She got one tweet in particular too. that been su- that went super viral. Like, like it was like talk about the <laughs> you can have a nine to five and do all these things, right? Because a lot of times we get real binary in our arguments. Um, she's a real estate investor. She. She got multiple. She got multiple things going on in terms of the employment. I ain't gonna talk about. I ain't gonna say it because we can't get too particular. <laughs> but uh, she's out here wholesaling land, wholesaling real estate, helping people get to a bag in several fields. We have none other than Miss Portia Edmund. Portia, how are you doing? I'm doing good, David and Jalen. Thank you for having me on. I'm so happy to get you. This is another long overdue episode. Yeah, like Been interacting <laughs> on the TL for a few years now, yeah, yeah. Um, and. I'm just glad that we could get you on here to come speak to our audience and share some of your knowledge, mm-hmm. for sure. So, Portia, just to get everything kicked off, I just want to ask you to give yourself an introduction to our audience for those people who may not know you. 
the ones that sleep on the TL. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Portia Edmond. I'm from um, Dallas, Texas. Well, South Dallas, Texas. Uh, born and raised. Um, I am a licensed insurance adjuster. Um, I work for the federal government. Um, take my nine to five money and invest it in real estate. I've uh, been doing it since, what, 2016. Uh, background, I uh, was an environmental scientist, um, got fired, got let go, and then I just went all in in real estate. I just really haven't looked back. Um, just a lot of stuff that just, you know, went on throughout that time. And um, now I've started, like, building, um, you know, on the land that I buy. Um, I still wholesale some, um, but most times I'm trying to buy it for myself or my family. Um, just recently had a child, so, you know, now the mommy premiere. Yeah, congrats. Uh, thank you. It's, uh, it's a lot, you know, differently now because I'm actually building a team now um, to delegate and, you know, build systems and automate systems and stuff. Uh, because the, of the time. headaches, but yes. it's a headache, but it's worth it. Yes. And so it's just a different level of business um, with, you know, holding myself accountable, my team accountable um, and just motivating them, like constantly motivating them and just trying to, you know, get to that next level that most nine to five printers, solopreneurs need to step into that next. You know, it's kind of scary a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And then the control factor, you got to kind of let let the reins go a little bit um, and just train them very well to like, you know, kind of do the same results that you do from the perspective yeah it is hard um but just you know using the nine to five i do that and you know business credit personal credit you know uh state planning different things like that i speak about a lot um and yeah and that's pretty much kind of what i do and talk shit on twitter like i don't know <laughs> that's what i do she so, will yeah. talk shit on twitter I so talk yeah. shit on twitter <laughs> yeah that's so. dope though I'm, I'm glad that we could get you on Porsche to share some of your knowledge so like I want to go back to the beginning. You said in 2016, that's when you started using your nine to five to invest in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that first deal? Yes. So, and to keep it a book, um, my first deal took a year. Um, mm. And the reason why it took a year, um, because I did get let go from, um, like I said, I was an environmental scientist. Um, I used to do surveying, land, mold, asbestos, different things like that for commercial developers. So I've mm-hmm. always been around been real, estate, real estate, yeah. but I was a vendor. I was on the other side of the transaction, not on the million dollar side of the transaction. Um, I was living in Houston, working for a company out there, um, I was supposed to come up here to the DFW office and run everything up here for them. Um, two weeks after I got here, they fired me. So Damn. I was like, okay, cool. You know, my grandfather had got sick. Um, my grandpa was a master plumber. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I got into real estate because he was a master plumber for real estate investors in DFW. Mm-hmm. And so he used to always plant the seeds of like real estate and blah, 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 trades and, you know, different things like that. So... When I got fired, I went to this weekend seminar, uh, missed my homecoming because I was like, all right, I've got to focus in. I wanted to go to homecoming, but I was like, I'm going to just pay for this uh, seminar. I went to the weekend seminar. It was here in Dallas, and I just went all in. But in the midst of all of that, my grandpa died. I actually got my first deal like the week of, it was like in February 2017, I got my first deal. 
like that week in South Dallas, and then he died on President's Day, 2017. And mm. so I was like, yo, son, like, I got to go. Like, you know, with the seller, like, I was just like, and I just forgot about all this stuff. So I didn't even get the deal closed. So, like, a lot of depression set in, a lot of different things like that. Um, I lost my apartment. When I was talk- I've talked about that on the timeline. Um, and when I lost my apartment, my grandfather's house was paid off free and clear. So we were like, all right, well, we just going to do the multi-generational thing. Y'all know I'm big on family. Mm-hmm. I'm big on multi-generational group economics, different things like that. So we try to do that. So everybody over there, we good. Bills like $300 a month. You know what I'm saying? Everybody working, Saving. making good money, right? Stacking, Stacking, whatever. At the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my auntie not in the right frame of mind, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, she's sober now. At the time, she was not. Uh, we got into like a really big altercation kind of like some domestic stuff, whatever, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go sleep somewhere else, like, because I'm not going to deal with this. I just got on for the government, uh, the mm-hmm. SBA, doing this, doing Hurricane Harvey, Irma and Maria. This is before I got my IA license, but I had jumped into the IA role, making great money with SBA. And so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in my car, I'm sleeping in my car and I get, end up getting into a hotel, uh, the Sterling is like Sterling and Irving. It's off, uh, uh, 183 or something mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. So they pay like monthly. So I'm staying there stacking my bread from SBA, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still doing the real estate thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing it on the weekends. And then when I get my first land deals, mm-hmm. I was like, it was so easy. Like I was just like, they was just like, yeah, just give me like, you know, $3,000. I'm like. All right, cool. And so, like, I get it on the contract for, gave them the three, got it under uh, it, within the contract. So, mm-hmm. like, they, I put the three, and I think they owed at the time maybe, like, 15. It was, like, 15 or something like that. So, I did the 15. Uh, you know, so, so it's, like. 45 all together? No, 18. So, like, because it's 15,000 back taxes. I got and you. And so, the 3,000 to them. You see what I'm saying? So, it's, like, 18,000, the total, whatever, whatever. And I flipped that jump for 25. Damn, man. So like um and so after that I was like oh yeah this this lit and so I was only focusing on land at that time mm-hmm. like I was just like because I was trying to do houses but it's just nothing would connect man so, like so let's talk about this land stuff more because I mean I see people talk about land you're the first person I really talk I heard talk mm-hmm. about buying and wholesaling land a lot on the mm-hmm. timeline mm-hmm. um when it comes to buying land how do you find like what what factors go into identifying a good piece of land to buy. Um, well, for me, um, first off, do you mean motivation or do you mean like where I would want to get it? Like uh, the latter, the, where would you want to get it? Okay. So that's going to be location. Like what's going on in the area. So mm-hmm. like, is it a lot of development going on? Is it, you know, uh, you know, commercial things being put up, you know what I'm saying? Like any activity, but nah, nah, okay. I don't care. Like, I don't really care because <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm tripping because the land where I purchased out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, yeah. right, with Scotty, yeah. like, whatever. Um, That land out there, I don't care about that. It's going to be a while before that stuff goes up with appreciation. We're about to build to rent, and that's for cash flow. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm about to build 12 doors. Like, we're doing, I'm doing building six duplexes out there. I have 12 doors. And so, like, I don't care about, I just don't care about that. Like, I'm going to buy the land. I'm going to get the boots on the ground. We're going to build these duplexes. We're going to rent them subsidy. Mm-hmm. Um, and subsidy, subsidy like government uh, yep. housing. Yep, they the best. That's the best partner partner to have the government because when it was all the COVID stuff, you saw all the landlords. People were bunkering down in their places, not paying them. They couldn't evict them. Well, people that had subsidy housing, Section Eight or veteran government housing, homes, they were still getting paid. 
And so that's the way that I'm going. So, you know, but yeah, so no, I don't care about that. At first I was going to say like, yeah, I do like location matters, mm-hmm. but not really once you have your exit strategies. If you know mm-hmm. what you're going to do in your exit strategy, it really doesn't matter. Even if it's rural land, you can lease it out to somebody who want to go out there and hunt all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it does, you just have to have your exit strategies in place and it has to be able to be, you know, maybe like not necessarily buildable, but you do like. If it's just for hunting, you may want to put like a little cabin or maybe like a little tiny house on there for the people that you will lease it to. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that it has like the utilities. Does it have access? What's the zoning on it? What's the, the is, is it in a flood zone? Different things like that. Those are the factors that you need to look at when you look at land. Okay. okay. So, yeah. I'm going to let you go. So like, what was your first land deal that you closed? Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, that was summer 2018 summer 2018 was my first land deal my first wholesale deal didn't happen to like 27 there was a house in 2017 like it's fine but and i only made like three thousand dollars but my first land deal was the one for like the 18 to the the 25 but that was summer 2018 and then i then i got another deal like the next week another family side by side they own three lots the heirs everybody loves mcdonald's fries so, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Stop paying the back taxes. Person had, grandpa had died. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I just. Oh, we got to go into it. So, okay. You're talking about these heirs properties with the, the back taxes. How do you buy properties off of the like the back taxes? Like, how does that work? How does that whole process work? Well, so, like, okay. Say, for instance, so, like. When so we'll pull a tax delinquent lease, mm-hmm. co violations lease, uh, absentee owners, and a vacant land lease. I pull mm-hmm. all four of those leases. We stack them. When we stack those leases, then I'll see people that you know the back taxes. What a lot of times with back taxes, if you don't own a mortgage on something, like that means that probably somebody has died. Like because mm-hmm. if you're alive, living and well, and that's your property, you're gonna pay the back taxes every year when they're due in January. Well. When I see that on there, it's still in the person's name. I'll look the person up, look them up on obituary.com. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Ancestry.com. When you look them up on it, you can see their obituary. See all their family members in there. You can see all their family members in there. Then I then I skip trace for the family members. Mm. And I find them. That's how I find it. That's a that's a big bar right there. I need a message. But yeah, no, that's how you find them. And so, like, then when I find them, you know, I do the same thing, like, if if I was going to do a regular person, you know what I'm saying? You call them, text them, uh, you know, email them, like, you know, pull up. I will always pull up, you know, door knock, if they here in Dallas, like, you know, the Dallas area, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, and it always works. I just tell them to hit me up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, before it go to the auction, they hit me up. You know, and then with land, they're not attached to it. It's not a house, mm-hmm. you know, it's. 
Yeah. They ain't grow up there. They don't have all those. Well, because the house is not there yeah, no more. The, the, the city, uh, the city tore down. So like it's just the land now. So mm-hmm. like you know they don't really. Yeah. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. whenever you're doing this, are some of them in the probate process? In Texas, we don't have to do the probate process. Um, mm. The only time you have to do probate in Texas is if the person has a will and you need to probate the will. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so if they have a will and you take it to title, title is going to ask, like, is, has the will been probated? Yes or no. And that's just because, like, a situation that I have, I actually have a, a deal right now. Okay, so it's a mom. She did get married and then her husband died. Okay. Mm. So the mom had a will and she left it to her three kids. So when they tried to sell it, those three kids, they didn't probate the will. So when title pulled the information for the house, the the husband name still comes up on title. He's dead. So you do an affidavit of airship on him. You do an affidavit of airship on him. He had kids outside of their marriage, Mm. you know, because they got older when they were, he had already had kids. Now you got, and now you got her three kids and then his two kids. And they all have interest to the property. But if they probate, they will, they do not. You see, Mm -hmm. like, because it's like, um, it's kind of like a transfer. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah. So, I mean, some people, they, a lot of times black people, the black people I be dealing with, like in the city, they just go change it at the appraisal district. Well, you gotta go change it at the. You gotta change it with title too, mm-hmm. like because when we pull the title, this oh, okay. This all right, I, I'm gonna need you to to break that down for me a bit okay. more. All right, so the appraisal district and the title. So I know the title company they deal with all that stuff. What's the appraisal district? You go into appraisers and they. What? No, no, no. So every county or parish has their own appraisal district. So mm-hmm. Dallas County Appraisal District is right on thirty. Where we on? We on 30? Yeah. It's on 35. Um, It's on 35. So, like, that's just the appraisal district. So, they're the ones that's going to keep up with all the property records. They're going to tell you if it's a house, if it's land, you know, what is valued at, you know, fair market value. I do that because, like, if they ever was to do eminent domain, they'll be like, oh, we gave them a fair market, you know what I'm saying, which is on the appraisal value mm-hmm. that's not market that's not, value that's though. not what things right, retail right for. exactly exactly but it gives you a lot of information on the property seven thousand square feet three bed two bath whatever 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 who name it's in the history of who owned it different things like that is on the appraisal district websites mm-hmm. but you can go downtown file a document you know what i'm saying and a lot of times people will file their affidavit of airship and then they'll file i think they'll file an affidavit of airship Maybe that's pretty much that's it. And then they'll file it at the county. Well, the county, they just workers. They just doing mm-hmm. their job. They not title examiners. They're not abstract people like, you know, for an abstract company. They just doing their jobs. They see it. They change it. You know what I'm saying? The system, whatever, whatever, and keep it moving. But that doesn't change it with the chain of title. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't change it on who actually got the deed. So, and I'm, I'm going to break it down for them a little bit deeper, yeah. right? So, say we was doing cars. If you had a car... You would change over that title owner, right? And you're doing that at the DMV. Same thing with real estate. You go to a title company to change the actual name of who. You'll that- file the affidavit of airship with a title company, and then you will do like to where they'll give you the warranty deed. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't do that. So when I. What is a warranty deed? So you have different deeds as far as like um, when you buy real estate. Mm-hmm. So you can get like, well, People will try to do quick claim deeds, but like in the state of Texas, we don't recognize quick claim deeds um, because it's just signing over any type of interest. If you have it or you don't, you just saying like, hey, 
whatever. Mostly families use it, like if it's a brother to mm-hmm. a sister. Like if I had this uh, property, I want to give it to Jalen. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, if that's like your brother. Mostly families use mm-hmm. it, but you really shouldn't. Like you really should use a warranty deed because a warranty deed is like saying like, hey, with warranty, like I'm guaranteeing there is no encumbrances, no liens, no, you know what I'm saying? No back taxes, no nothing on this property here. Boom. Like it's, that's kind of. So if I did a quick claim, I could pass off potential problems to the next person versus a warranty. All those problems will fall on my shoulders before they got it. Yes. And so, and then also too, the, um, the, uh, title company is not going to, um, the one that I have another one in Duncanville that I'm dealing with right now. They're not going to like give me insurance on, on my new title. I'm trying to buy a property. It's a commercial lot. I'm trying to buy the commercial lot, but the previous seller and the, the my seller I'm dealing with now, they use the quick claim deed. So what we have to do is we're trying to find the previous seller and my seller to do a special warranty deed. Mm. And the title was like, if they can sign a special warranty deed, then they'll be able to insure me, you know what I'm saying, when I buy it. But right now, no. So it's been holding up for about a month now. So like, so know. So when you say titles are going to insure you, they're going to insure you and say, you know what, there's no other liens and no other interest on this property. Is that what the insurance part is for? Um, it's it's more so like they they do, but you want like a clean, marketable title, like mm-hmm. when you are buying a property. You feel what I'm saying? You they they're saying that it's not, but you can always push those liens and those those back taxes to like a schedule B. It's called an exception. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Exceptions to the schedule be like, I, like me, I'm signing Portia. Like, I see that these are on there. I know that they're on there, but I'm going to put them on the exception. Meaning they're, I'm still going to close, but they're on my schedule B. Like mm. they can move it to like, uh, you know, a different part, like on the, uh, on the title. But, um, you want a marketable title, especially I do for land because I have to get a construction loan. I'm getting a new construction loan. So my lender, when they put it through the title, it has to be So a marketable title is a title that doesn't have any lien holders. It doesn't have anybody that can like no CD uh, liens, no back taxes, no encumbrances, nothing like no abstract of judgments. No code violations. None of that. that, Right. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because a a new construction, like when you want to get a new construction loan, they're not going to like, they're not going to lend on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, because if anything happens and you default on that new construction loan, they need to be able to foreclose on their property to recoup their money back. So they wouldn't do it if it's like, you know, if they can't recoup their mm-hmm. money back, if you default on that construction loan. They're hedging their risk. Yes, right, exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. I have another question for you regarding um, financing land. So I know, like, houses and stuff like that, they got comps and all these things. You mm-hmm. can go to a bank for a loan. What does it look like getting financing for a land deal? How does how does that part work? I don't know, David, because all my land deals I bought cash. mm that's a better answer than anything. That's a bar. <laughs> but um, I want to finance some acres that I'm interested in mm-hmm. um, because I want to actually develop those acres. Like I want to take them from acres to buildable lots um, to where it already has like, you know, like the water, the sewer, you know, pretty much like a subdivision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to get there. To where it may be my second acre deal. My first one, I would just do the vision and the plan and then flip those paper lots to a developer. What is a paper lot? Just where it's the vision. Like, I don't bring any of that stuff in. I'll just, like, take it from acres, like, take it from 10 acres and maybe put it to, like, maybe 30 lots. 
mm-hmm. you know, or I'm just like I, I've divided it up and all this stuff. On right. Paper. And then it's like, it's going to be a cul-de-sac. You have like a little dog park over here. Like I have the plans and the plans have already got approved through the city. Mm. And I'll, I'll flip all of that too. That's one way you can do with land. You so you don't even have to be the developer. You can just have the vision, vision for the land mm-hmm. and then sell it to the developer. And they take all the rest. After it's already approved. After right. the city's approved everything. Correct. Okay, so can I talk to you more about the process of going through and getting things done, like, with the city? Because it seems like in a lot of what you've talked about. Um, well, that's you, what you I'm learning to, right now. You have to go through, like, some of these Correct. intermediaries. Yeah, and it, it becomes, like, political. Like, from what I'm trying to do with this first one, I have a mentor for this one. Mm-hmm. So, like, my mentor, um, when he did his first, like, and it's called land, it's land entitlement is what it's called. When he did his first one, um, yeah, he made, like, $1.3 million dollars. From his first, there was one deal. So when I started, when I started learning about that with Lynn, I was just like, "Man, bro, I be doing these infield lines, but they don't be hitting like that." Like you know, because infield lines is smaller spreads. Like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You can still make great money. Don't get it twisted, but it's just smaller spreads, you know. And then you get to the point, like you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? You know. So but when I get to ten acres and I'm trying to turn it into like thirty, you know, maybe thirty, forty lots, depending on you know all what size we can make them by the city it becomes more like political you have to talk with zoning you have to talk with city council you have to talk you know what i'm saying you got to have all these meetings and different things of what the city wants that's not just one infill lot you're trying to build you know what i'm saying like a lot of lots in their city you know so you have to talk to them and it, it becomes political like for sure at state farm we're committed to uplifting black futures In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, but when you get those plans done, they could just say yay or nay, but you're doing a lot of rezoning, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, replatting, different things like that. So, Spending some time in some city meetings. Mm-hmm. So when I do that, if if they accept our offer for this acres that we are looking at, I that will be my first time financing some land, but that's acres. Most time the infield lots, I mean, they twenty twenty five dollars $25,000, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then in other areas like, you know, Louisiana, like or other cities, like two hours, the secondary markets or rural areas. Yo, they like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. I don't need to finance that, you know. And if you do need to finance that, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you go get some more money. Yeah, first. just <laughs> save it for a little bit because it doesn't even make sense of what like you know with land they will charge you a lot, like probably like more a little bit more interest probably like than a house. So I wouldn't finance something like that if I can just buy cash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, how long does it normally take? the process to get a land deal done, is it more strenuous than like a wholesale deal, like a regular, you know, property wholesale deal, or is it a little bit less friction? It depends um, because a lot of times like my land deals, when I deal with them, 
excuse me, when I deal with them with heirs, um, it's going to have issues. We're mm-hmm. going to have drama. We're going to have this brother upset at this brother. Because this person look, said that yeah. we're going to sell it and exactly, they ask me. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you got to deal with where you're being a counselor. I'm being a therapist. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're doing all of this stuff. So it just depends. Like, you know, um, every deal is different. Um, infield lots, you know, like, I mean, I've closed them in like two weeks. You know what I'm saying? I've closed one in a week. Um, it depends on if the title is clear. Mm. Like, I'm not going to move my deal if my title isn't clear. A lot of times with those type of properties, especially back taxes, houses or land, you're going to get issues where you're going to have child support liens. You're going to have demo liens. You have to clear and, you know, like, you know, create, like clear the title mm-hmm. like for that, you know. So. I didn't even know they had well child support liens, but the demo oh, yeah. liens, I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll have demo liens on there, and that's going to be, in Dallas, that's going to be the city. And mm-hmm. then, so, like, your back taxes is going to be the uh, the county. So, yeah. yeah. So, I want to know about your favorite deal versus your most, your worst deal that you hated. Like, <laughs> those two, I, I want to know the dynamics between those. Uh, my favorite deal... Gosh, I don't think I really have a favorite deal. I would say, like, if I can get this land entitlement deal, <laughs> that would be my favorite deal. Because I think it's going to net me, like, a lot, like, what we're looking at. And it's not even about that. It's just because it's going to get me closer to being a, uh, developing a subdivision. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my goals, like, I'm 34. Um, I want to retire at 40. Like, one of my goals, though, I do want to build a subdivision and name it after my son. So I'm all about legacy. I'm all about different things like that. So that land entitlement, if this man accepts this deal, like it's in Cedar Hill, like if he accepts this deal and we get it through, everything goes well, like I would just be like so happy because that wouldn't be the subdivision I would do, but I would be one step closer to learning that process. Correct. And learning the financing of when I'm buying something this large, how much I got to bring to the table. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The points and the percentages and blah, blah, blah. Like, I would know all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying, from the architect and the design, the price, like the approval process from, you know, the city and different things like that. So, you know, I really would think that would probably be a favorite deal. But the most part, like, I mean, the relationships are probably mm-hmm. the most favorite. Like, I've had Filipino sellers, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've had Hispanic sellers, white sellers. I'm still cool with those sellers to this day because I built that rapport. So they always send me people all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have one in particular that was, like, a favorite. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So a um, nightmare. Yeah, definitely yeah, got a worse. nightmare. Uh, 2018. Uh, Thanksgiving 2018. I talk about this deal a lot on Twitter. Uh, I think I posted it. Um, Not more so, like, because it was an issue. It's because the gurus in wholesaling and real estate, they do not talk about it. Um, I don't consider myself, like, a guru. Like, I'm really out here doing it. So a guru or whatever you want to call it. A guru, I like that. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. We actually really are out here doing it, and a lot of times people are not telling these newer wholesalers or these new people that's getting in real estate, like, you need to protect yourself. Like, sellers lie and buyers lie, too. Mm. So that terrible deal, it was on South Boulevard. The house is still over there. Uh, I'm 
pretty sure like a lot of people in real estate know about this house. Um, it's still on South Boulevard in South Dallas. Um, it has the two lines on the side, it has the elevator and the mother-in-law suites in the back. So I got in the contract for 170. Um, as is, it could have sold for 363 Damn. at the time. Um, fixed up probably 600 something. You know Jesus. what I'm saying? Um, because it's a historic district on South Boulevard, different things like that. Well, the seller, I thought was like, oh, I'm like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got it for 170. We had a bar for like 250. I'm like, oh, I'm finna eat. Like, you know, this was my first, like, this is gonna be my first big major deal. This is back in 2018. Well, he fraudulently deeded the property into his name. So it wasn't his to begin with? No. Wow. And so I'm on my way back driving from Houston. It was around Thanksgiving. I was driving back from Houston. I never forget it. My title lady, she called me. Then she emailed me. I still got the emails. And she was just like, Portia, she was like, this deal is null and void. We have to cancel the contract, termination of contract. And um, she was like the DA and the uh, federal agents for Fannie Mae and HUD. Uh, just came to the title company. Jesus. Yeah, my stomach dropped in my ass. Oh, like, yeah. I know, Cap. Because I've never been in trouble like that. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, it was just, it was a, fr- I had to go, I had to come in, I had to be interrogated. Like, yeah, it was fucking crazy, bro. Damn. Whoa. Yeah, just because somebody so, else lied. But, like son. you said, it's important to protect yourself. <laughs> Man, so, how, how would you protect yourself? Well, I definitely a, had an attorney at the time. Uh, my mm-hmm. attorney, she passed in 2020, uh, Miss oh, G. Um, R.I.P. But, yeah. But she walked me through the entire process. Um, she was just like, because we didn't close, remember? Like, mm-hmm. we didn't close. We terminated. We were going to. Actually, Thanksgiving was that Thursday. We were closing that Monday. Because everything was clear. Everything was fine. Like, we, had, we were going to close that Monday. But we ended up not closing. I think I ended up getting interrogated maybe, like, the day before Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. something like that. Or maybe, like, like, maybe that morning or something or the day after. I don't know. I just remember it was the week of Thanksgiving. Like, I was sick to my stomach. I had a terrible Thanksgiving that year. So, because I didn't know, I like, if they were going to try to say, like, I was, like, a part of it. Because that's what they thought. When I went in there, they had started investigating me. Like, they was having, like, all this different stuff, like, all this whatever, whatever. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, this the nigga y'all like, need to be exactly. talking to. <laughs> like, so I was just like, and me, baby, I stay on the sidewalk. I'm not in the streets. I'm not doing none of that shit. So you fuck around with me, like, all that shit. I'm snitching. You got me fucked up. Like, I'm not, nah, bro. Because, nah, nah, I'm not doing none of this shit. <laughs> like, I'm no. not, I'm not doing time for nobody, yep. bro. You got me, you crazy. Hell no. <laughs> so, so nah. So, but he on like he actually, you know, it was a, it was on the news and everything. That's crazy. Yeah, it was on the news, bro. Like, so all them new wholesalers, like y'all getting into that shit. Be, make sure you go neck. through a title and make sure that sellers are not trying to rush y'all because he was trying to rush me. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But that's why because he didn't want my title company to find it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, but yeah. So like, that's a good lesson in it all. Cause like, <laughs> in any business, there's somebody trying to rush you. You gotta. That's a red ass flag. You need to it's be paying attention. Flag, like, hey, well, why are y'all trying to make this happen yeah, like, so what quick? Like, what, you? why are you like, trying to push this net envelope? Nope. Facts. But that was the worst one. <laughs> so. I appreciate you sharing that portion. <laughs> yeah. So. I want to I wanna pivot into the last thing. I hate that these, we got to cut these a little bit short, but we're going to get yeah, you back. We're going to have to do this yeah, again. We're going to um, do the part two. So I want to ask you, what's a personal finance tip or principle that you live by? I know one of the things that you, you herald is the nine to five. But I want to know like a, a tip or principle that you live by. Um, I mean, like 
pretty much you mean like like credit wise or no, like just, just, in, just general. in general like, like what? something that you you're like you know i'm not breaking this rule like oh well um actually like with the nine to five like with everything being automated now like my savings like with my emergency savings so like i have my emergency savings and like that's that but like i don't break anything of like not saving that money where i pay myself first to get everything done like i didn't used to i used to i used to be in that mindset same thing you know pay all my bills like that like now nah, i pay myself first and make sure i handle what i need to handle like whatever like my bills get paid like all this stuff whatever like it's not an issue but i always make sure that i'm putting my percentage back mm-hmm. paying like, yourself before yeah, you paying everybody else yeah. like because what, what the fuck are you doing it for like you know what i'm saying like so yeah real talk that, that's some real shit because like uh I, I think the first book that really put it in my head was the richest man in babylon okay mm-hmm. where it was like Think about it. You go go work all day, all hard, and you don't say nothing, nothing. for yourself. Yeah. Like you, you pay everybody else, and then you just sitting here with crazy. some empty pockets. It's crazy. You ain't gonna never get forward like that. Especially like uh, I think the greatest example, and it was like even when you like in debt, right? He was in debt. Uh, he's like, bro, just work out with your debtors and be like, don't give them all your fucking money at once. Just be like, hey, yo, look, I can pay all this. Yeah. I got to make sure I'm keeping at least this for myself. Fact and up. then that was like ten percent. 20% to no, debts and 70% you living off of. But still, like, thanks. that's a strong principle. And I'm glad that mm-hmm. you shared that. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Let them know where they can follow you, where they can keep up with you. Uh, I don't think you're doing the consultations anymore, but if you have any other resources that you can offer them, yep. let them know that. Um, I did open those back up. Okay. I closed them for, um, it got a little bit overwhelming, but I did open them back up. Um, they're only on one day a week, though, because I have time for my family, my son different things like that, but um, I did open them back up, but you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is pretty much all where I'm at, um, but it's all um, at the Portia Edmund, and that's it, like, I don't know, but all, all of them are the same, so. Cool, yeah. mm-hmm. and Portia is P-O-R-S-H-A E-D-M-U-N no D. No D. Right. There you go. There you go. Somebody with a D come, they scamming you. Pay yeah, attention. they scam you. <laughs> Pay attention. Sure. Stay woke. And I don't ask nobody for money. So, yeah. There <laughs> you go. Well, Portia, I want to say thank you so much for coming on to yeah, the podcast. This has been time. great. Getting some good gems, learning about the land game. I'm going to go back and listen to this one because you dropped some terms in here. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to be have to research some yeah, of this. I, got you. I, got you for real. I think I'm going to work on the course for sure. Like a lot of people have been asking me. Like drop a chorus, like I just, it's just not my style. But I, like, I get I, you, I, I get you. Yeah. It's a, it's a like a whole thing with courses. Yeah, and all I just that. be like, man, but like, but definitely, I'll do a consultation with anybody, like for sure, and put people on. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go into it. All right, we'll hop into a couple house cleaning items. As always, y'all make sure y'all leave us that five star rating and review for your boys helps us grow the show. Again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, our podcast has been doing numbers, been going great. Y'all can support the show by being a supporter through Anchor. We're going to have some major news for y'all book. soon, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, can't can't big, tell y'all what it is. Big on the way. But we ain't going to say it just it's yet. pressure. All I know is pressure. What's your boy that made that song? <laughs> y'all is crazy. Pressure. But, no, for real. But no, nah, man, again, truly, honestly, if you still listening, man, really uh, thank y'all. We appro- appreciate and love y'all for all the support. And until next time, this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom of Papa. At participating McDonald's.